So it was uh, St. Michael Stipe, I believe, who penned the words, that's great, it starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplanes, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. From, from that hymn, y'all haven't heard the hymn, It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M.? Maybe it's been a couple years. You know, every Advent I think about that song, partly because it's so fast and there are so many words and I find it really fun to sing. But partly because it always seems weird to me that as we were saying to the kids, you know, we are preparing for this joyous event. We are preparing for the coming of Jesus, the birth of the Christ child, the incoming presence of God that is in John says, you know, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And that word dwelled is kind of the same word as tabernacle or tent. You know, the word became flesh and pitched a tent with us. We are celebrating the fact that God is declaring solidarity with what God has created. We are celebrating the fact that this world that so often seems so broken and seems so scary and seems so out of control and seems and is so beyond our ability to control it, that the one who creates, the one who is in control, the one who will be with us has declared that forever God is with us. And we are preparing to celebrate this hope We are preparing to celebrate this joy. We are preparing to celebrate this anticipation of the presence of God through the birth of Jesus. And the birth of Jesus brings with it also the other things that the birth of a baby brings. You know, whenever a baby's born into the family, we talk about all all the things that baby might become, right? That baby represents not only the hope that comes through new life, but that baby represents the joy that we have in knowing that our legacy will continue and knowing that somehow our values and our thoughts and ideas will continue through that child. And we have all this anticipatory joy for the things that that child might become. And yet, every year during Advent, the first Sunday, we begin with this apocalypse story. We begin with Jesus saying something about how the world is going to end, and we begin with stories about earthquakes, and we begin with stories about, you know, not knowing, and today we, we have the kind of cryptic saying, if the, if the homeowner had known when the thief was going to break in, then he would have been prepared, right? And the stories of the first Sunday of Advent are always instructing us to do things, like keep awake, to do things, like be prepared to do things, to, to make sure that we're ready because we never know what's going to happen, right? You know, it reminds me of, uh, well, not me personally because I wasn't alive then, but it reminds me of hearing my parents talk about, like, Campus Crusade for Christ. Wasn't that Billy Graham's big thing with the question, if you were going to die tonight, do you know where you'd go? You know, we, we hear all these things, and all of a sudden they make us start to get worried, right? We, we hear stories of, of wars and foreign lands, whether... You know, I don't think anyone's really left from World War I or World War II as much. But, you know, we think about the wars and the lifetimes of some of the people in this room, like the Korean conflict, the Vietnam War. Castro just died yesterday. We think about the Bay of Pigs and the fear that that took, that, that we might be on the brink of nuclear war. We think about, you know, in my lifetime, we had the, the Iran hostage crisis. We had Operation Desert Storm and Operation Desert Shield and... We have the operation and the war still going on in in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, we hear about all these different things that that are going on in the world that are beyond our control. You know, during, and you might have noticed that this is an election year. 
you know, depending on who you talk to, they were, everyone was convinced that one or the other candidate was going to start all the wars and everything was going to go bad really quickly. You know, we, we think about that, that Carolina-Clemson game that is so far beyond my control, and some of us rejoice and some of us mourn. And the reason we start off the first Sunday of Advent this way, talking about those things we're afraid of, is because what it means to be a person of faith is that we don't back away from those things, not because we're gluttons for punishment or because we enjoy being scared or because we enjoy knowing that the world is outside of our control and there's nothing that we can do about it. We, we talk about this the first Sunday of Advent because, first of all, we have a faith in which we tell each other the truth. And the truth is that a lot of us spend a lot of our lives trying to ignore the fact that we're completely out of control of the things that happen in the world. And, and we create a lot of things around ourselves to try to, try to protect us from that, right? We build up our bank accounts and our IRAs and all those other things so that we'll be able to have some cushion just in case something bad happens. You know, we, we build nice houses and we buy cars and all these things to protect ourselves. You know, one, the cars we buy with better safety features to protect us from people around us because everyone on the road but me is an idiot. You know, the, our houses, we try to buy enough space that we have places for our stuff, but not just that, a buffer from the neighbors and the things from the outside world that, that try to, you know, that try to encroach on us. You know, we, we, we hide ourselves away in, in the thought that, you know, maybe the things that, that I think about politics or maybe the things that I think about, about our social structures, maybe the things that I think about who I am, or maybe, maybe my job, or maybe my stuff, or maybe my, my idea about the way the world works will protect me from everything being out of control. And we, we create for ourselves this really neat, well-packaged myth that if we have everything well-defined and well-ordered, that we can keep the chaos at bay. In the church, we tell each other the truth, that the chaos is always there, and there are always those moments where we realize we are much more vulnerable than what we realized we were or that we hoped we were. You know, the, the word apocalypse is, is a word that we hear, and, and it can be kind of scary, you know, because we hear apocalypse, and the things that we go to or what, the, what all the fundamentalist preachers talk about is the fire and the brimstone and this and the that and all the things that are going to happen when Jesus comes back. And God's going to come with a fiery vengeance. And we hear about hellfire and brimstone and all these things. But in telling each other the truth, we dispel the myth that causes us to fear. Apocalypse comes from the Greek word that just means reveal. And we hear revelation, you know, and we think of the book and we think of all the, all the scary things that happen in the book. But really it's reveal. It's uncover be able to see things plainly. And this word can be scary, but this word is also a word of hope. It's a word of hope because the truth is that even though the world is beyond our control, and even though we don't have any powers to start or end wars, we don't have any ability to cure the diagnoses that scare the socks off of us. We don't have any ability to stop those things that remind us all too quickly just how fragile we are.
but we worship a God who promises through the waters of baptism that God is with us. And all of a sudden, we recognize that being out of control isn't so scary because we worship the God who is in control. You know, that's, that's the second reason that we talk about these things the first Sunday of Advent and in preparation for the coming of Jesus. We remind ourselves that so many things in this world might be beyond our ability to deal with, but all of these things are within the scope of God's ability to make good things come out of bad things. You know, we, we celebrate the birth of the Christ child as an opportunity to see the hope for what God is working in the world already. The hope for the fullness of that kingdom that God is bringing. And in the same way that I reminded the youth this morning, the kids this morning, of how it is that we trust in that promise of God, I remind us, because we need that reminder too. Because ultimately we are just as prone to give into our fears we are just as prone to give in to our nervousness. We are just as prone to give in and give up and say that there's nothing that I can do. How can I stand up in a world that feels so against me? We, too, live in the promise of God that we hear first through the waters of baptism, marked by the cross of Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. We are given the promise that where we are gathered, God is present. And where God is present, there is a plan, and there is a hope, and there is a way forward. So, as we, as we kind of rest and wrestle with this knowledge, you know, what do we do with it? This knowledge that, first of all, that things are out of our control, and second of all, we're, we're free in that lack of control because God has control. You know, what do, we, what do we do with all this? How is it that, that we prepare? And how is it that we live in this world that we don't have that control over? One of, the, one of the ways that I'm always encouraged by is to see what people gathered as the church are doing together. You know, one of the things that we have is a gift from God that that God gives us as a way of supporting us is this community that's gathered around. You know, we, and the thing is that we, we look at the things that we do and we look at it with those eyes of insiders, right? We think, okay, we have the poinsettias and we have the prayer list and we have the this and we have the that and we're going to have the youth supper and we're going to have the Sunday school and all these things. But think about what it is that all these things are really doing in your lives to help to shape you and help to support you and help to mold you. You know, we have the prayer list, and the prayer list is all the people that we're worried about, all the people that, that are sick, all the people that are having difficulties in their lives, all the people that may be dying, all those people who are helpless because of what's going on, and what are we doing for them? But every Sunday, we are remembering them and we're loving them. You know, we're taking their names home and we're praying over them. We, as the community of Christ, are gathered around these people. We support them, not just through the prayers we say, but through the love we give them, through the meals we take them, through the, through the time and the gifts of love that we give them. You know, this is the way that we are the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that's beyond their control too. And when they realize that they are loved and cared for, then all of a sudden the world doesn't look so dark.
or we come together in a, in a moment where we're worried about something. We come together in this community where maybe we got a diagnosis that scares us. You know, we come to this community when we, when we have those issues with our, with our family or our relationships. You know, some of the normal issues that just mean we're going we're gonna to argue for a little while and then get over it. Or maybe we're in those, those end of the relationship issues that mean that we just can't be together anymore. Or, you know, whatever the circumstance might be, we come to this place. And we see the faces of the people who teach us about Jesus. We see the faces of the people who love us when we're having a difficult time, who support us when we need to have people in our lives to give us that good news that we are someone who matters too. We come to this place and we are reminded of the good news that through the waters of baptism and the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are a people with a place. We are a people who are not alone. We have a family. And we are a people with a purpose. Because in a world that is broken, in a world that does need to hear good news preached because there are a lot of people who worry about where their next meal is going to come from, because there are a lot of people who are worried about what the next four years or eight years or 16 years might bring, because there are people who are so blinded and deafened by the problems in their life that they are yearning and hungering and thirsting to hear a good word because they feel alone and isolated and afraid. Our purpose is to be a people who shine light into that darkness and take to them the love of Jesus. Not just through reading Bible verses to them, although being Lutherans, I, I feel pretty certain that not all of us are carrying Bibles around everywhere we go. But what we do do is we carry that word, that light, that hope, that love in our hearts and in our relationships to the people around us. And so we go into the community where we hear that people are feeling lost and alone and afraid. We go into that community where people are living without hope and we declare to them that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, they are a people who are beloved as well. That's one of the truths that is revealed through the ministry of Jesus, that God loves the world. God loves everything that God has created. That includes everybody in the world, whether they believe like we do, whether they look like we do, whether they live where we do. God created it. God loves it. And God has a plan for it. And so all of a sudden, as, as we think about the scary questions, you know, like, if you were going to die tonight, do you know where you'd go? Or the, the scary events, like wars that we can't control. Or when we, when we think about those things in our lives that just are so far beyond our scope to be able to reason it out that we have no clue what to do. You know, we, we recognize what it is that we are called to do through the life and the ministry and the example and the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are called to be that light in the darkness and declare to a world that is broken, God has a plan for you too. And to declare to people who feel like they don't have a place, God has a place for you too. And to declare to people who don't feel like they are worthy of being loved, God has love for you too. And we are the people who are called to bear that to the world.
And so this first Sunday of Advent, you know, we, we hear the, the hard news about our lack of control, but we also hear the good news that God, who is in control, has given us a family, has given us a place, has given us a mission, and has called us to live that out every day of our lives. So one of the questions to, pod, to ponder this week as we prepare to live that out is, what is God calling me to do? How is it that God is calling me to bear that light, to bear that love, to bear that hope, to bear that purpose, to bear that place into the world around me through the things that I do, the things that I say, and the things that I think? How is it that God is calling us at Macedonia to live out that purpose, to shine light into the world around us, to bear that good news of God's love and purpose to our neighbors? How is it that God is calling us as a community to stand up and bear that light that God has for all people in the world around us? It's simple questions. There's nothing difficult about the question. But when we give in to fear, it sure is hard to be able to live that out. So go also not only asking those questions, but hearing this good news, that you are someone who God has called beloved and holy and worthy, that you are someone to whom God gives a purpose to bear light into a world that needs to see it so desperately that you are a community that is given this purpose, that is given this mission, that is given this opportunity to live out this gospel call, even when the world around us feels like it's falling apart, knowing that God is with us and God supports us. Amen.